jasmine, oolong, green, and white. Long ago, these four teas were skillfully brewed at the Blissful Brew. Then, everything changed when the shop's popularity threatened its existence. All Mr. Okoron, the shop's owner and tea master, could do was to recruit four teenage orphans to learn his trade and staff his shop. A year has passed since the orphans were hired, and although their skills have progressed, they still have a lot to learn before they can brew anything. But I believe that they have the potential to make the Blissful Brew the greatest tea shop in the world. Welcome, welcome. Step right up. Have we got a show for you tonight, folks? That's right. A tale of awe and wonder, adventure and high stakes. A tale about... What? Who? What do you mean the story's about the cleaning boy? Well, that doesn't sound at all interesting. I mean, <laughs> it's a heck of an interesting tale, folks. You won't want to miss out tonight. So grab yourself a ticket, buy yourself some fire flakes, and hurry inside to get yourself a seat. You won't want to miss out on this theatrical masterpiece critics are calling the story of the century. I will be there, your host, Skylar Gorsett and ringmaster of this here carnival. And the story is about to begin right about now. This is the boy? Yes. And you know what will happen if anyone were to find out about this... transaction? We're aware. Good. The sale of people is illegal, but ownership isn't. <laughs> what are your plans for the child? Not that it should matter to you, but I need a younger body to help me with the needs of the carnival. Setting up, taking down, all the hard physical labor. But he will be taken care of. Yes? Ha! Of course he will! I need him strong and healthy after all. But why should it matter? You're selling him, yes? Yes. Perfect! Then here is your money, and I'll be on my way. But first, a signature from each of you, please. Perfect! Then here is your money, and I'll be on my way. Did... did we do the right thing? We have no other choice. <laughs> that was so much fun! Oh, Rin, let's go down the mudslide again! Okay, I'll race you. <laughs> Wish I could be going down the mudslide. Whoa! Quit daydreaming! Once you're done sweeping, the camel fence enclosure needs to be cleaned out and... And then, you can move on to feeding the hog monkeys! Yes, sir. <sighs> hey, you want to come play with us? We're going to the custard catapult game if you want to come along. I can't. I've got... chores. Oh, that really sucks. Too bad you can't be a normal kid like us. You're telling me. Psst, Guo, over here. Huh? Mar Maribel, what are you doing? I'm taking a break. Who's going to keep things running at the kissing booth? Eh, I'm sure Walter can handle things for the time being. Come on, let's go play some games. Uh, okay, which one? You pick. All right, so... We're going to jump into role-playing a little bit of this game that you have chosen, uh, which was uh, the Pebble Throw game. Uh, basically, the way that this game is going to work, Dave, aka quote, is that uh, as you're standing there with Maribel, and you guys are, are you know, watching as they, they set up for this game, uh, an earthbender who's running it, uh, his name you know, it is... Bolton, and Bolton uh, takes two big like stomps into the ground, and a number of various like earth pillars just kind of like shoot out, um, all like you know perfectly cylindrical, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and on top of each of them, you see these like clay figurines, and you know that 
you know, you personally and Maribel, of course, would know that Bolton actually makes these. He's a he's kind of an earthbending artist, and that's what he does. So he has these. They're not super detailed. You know that he's capable of making really detailed ones. It's completely irrelevant, but I'm just putting it out there. But he makes these ones just kind of like a basic general shape. So there might be one that's like the shape of a person or one that's the shape of a frog, squirrel, uh, or one that's, you know, the shape of uh, a hog a, monkey. A hog monkey or a spicy dragon fruit. <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, the goal of the game is you have a handful of five pebbles, and your goal is to use those pebbles and throw them, or, I mean, technically nothing's stopping you from, like, doing some sort of subtle earthbending, uh, to break these, and when you do, you get a prize. Um, there's a number of, like, stuffed animals, um, kind of classic things that you would get from a like a carnival booth, right? So like right. small toys to big toys. Hopefully they don't have any food prizes like stuck inside of these figures. Or no, something. no. <laughs> well, and the prizes themselves are actually oh. on the, yeah, they got them like on the wall. Um, that makes more sense. Yeah, so there are, let's say there's about 10 different uh, clay like figurines that you can, you know, hit and smash. Um, so it's entirely up to you like which ones you want to aim for. I can give you a list of like what's up there. Um, so there's, they have one of each. They have a waterbender, an earthbender, a firebender, and an airbender. And you can kind of tell based on like they're doing some kind of a movement or something that kind of implies what they do. Um, there is the frog squirrel that I mentioned. There <laughs> is, so what is that's five. Okay, so that's, I didn't come up with this beforehand, so I'm just trying to like <laughs> make it up on the spot. Okay, you said there's the hog monkey. Um, these are all animals that would be at the zoo. Or not the zoo section of oh, this carnival. Okay. So there's a, a camel fent. Yes, so that puts us at seven. Um, and then the other three are all like fancy foods. So one of them is like a custard pie. But the downside of it is that it's sitting like, like it would. Like if you were serving somebody the pie, oh, it's sitting there. Yes. Rather than like they turn it upside and make it a big just circular target that'd be easy to hit. <laughs> um, and that's kind of obviously advertising for the um, custard catapult game. Um, they also, going back to the animals, they have a butterfly fish because that's kind of a throwback to another one of the, the games that's available. Um, and then finally they have, I don't think I mentioned it yet already, Aside from like referring to it earlier, but they have the spicy dragon fruit, which is kind of like their specialty. So, those are your ten targets you can hit. Uh, you know that each one has a different colored stone inside that's worth like a different number of points. So, green stones are worth one, blue stones are worth three, and red stones are worth five. Uh, the big prizes, like your giant stuffed animals, those are like 25 points, and then they're like in increments of. Uh, well, they'd be in every increment from like 25 down to one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Whatever you want to pick out and throw something at. I'm gonna. Well, start it off easy. I'll show you how it's done, Maribel, and I line up my sights on the hog monkey. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna have you roll a. Um, are you using any kind of. Earthbending? Are you gonna Are you gonna play it honest? Yeah, I'm gonna use my pinpoint aim. Oh, okay, that's a good idea. Uh, which is one of my fighting techniques. Right. So take the time I need to line up a perfect shot and become prepared. Ooh. So this is kind of a preparation before you even take the shot. You're like scoping it out. You're like, all right, I got it in my sights. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Throw the fling this rock at the hog monkey. Man, that thing looks pretty realistic, actually. Sorry, bud. <laughs> All right. So I got an eight. Eight? Okay. I would say that is a success. So you <laughs> flick this uh, uh, stone forward. It hits the hog monkey. The hog monkey shatters, um, and out pops a green gem. Nice shot, Guo. Ha! Solid hit. You mm. haven't seen nothing yet. Which one do you want me to hit next? Maribel sure. wants you to hit yeah. it from, or hit the, uh, the, see if you can hit the rainbow fish. No problem. I'm just gonna go for it on this one. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, yeah, I got a nine. Nine, a awesome. Ten, a ten, actually. Awesome, okay. So that's going to fly forward. It hits the rainbow fish, and sure enough, the red gem pops out. Very well done. And uh, Bolton takes picks it up off the ground, and he brings it over and hands it to you with the other one. So you've got a red and a green so far, so that's a total of six points. I'll go for the camel font next. Alrighty. Try this on for size. Nine. Nine, okay. That's another hit. Achoo. You haven't missed yet. Wow, amazing. Um, Bolton's pretty impressed. Well, 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 I suppose uh, this is pretty impressive. And he walks over. You didn't even see it on this one uh, because the camel fin is such like a big piece. <laughs> uh, but he picks out around the, the little clay chunks and stuff and he pulls out a blue. So now you're up to nine. Nine points. You've got two stones left. All right. Time to catapult this custard. Ah. Nine. Nine. That's another hit. Nice shot, Guo. Successful again. He uh, he walks over to the shattered pieces and pulls out a green. So you now have a green. So you are at ten points even, I believe. All right. I'm looking over my targets and seeing what what do I think is going to be the like the heart, the most challenging one. Day. Sure. Yeah. All of the like people are pretty tricky to some extent, right? They're all in... The, the, the positive side is they're all doing some kind of a pose, usually that involves some sort of a bending looking, like you can see like water, but it's obviously clay. You can see, you know, kind of like a, a puff of air. So, I mean, to some extent, that's kind of convenient to like help you hit it. But, I mean, the figure itself is a little tricky if you were to like do it wrong, right? There's a lot of potential for missing it. Sure. Other than that, ah, the frogs world. Uh, that one also is very small. Uh, I'm gonna go for the the f- earth bending figure. Okay, sounds good. This I is your like big uh, I like cover my eyes. Oh, like, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to focus on this one. I'm like, okay, Guo, you can do this. And I uh, take pinpoint aim. He pinpoint aims again. Um, so I become prepared. I get plus one on my roll. Okay. Okay. Eight. Eight. All right. Perfect. Yep. That's just enough oh, to hit it. I barely clip it, but it you clip it. Shatters. It like spins around and then it just falls onto <laughs> its little platform and it shatters when it like actually falls. You did it, Guo. You won. And uh, Bolton goes, "Oh, that was a close one, but sure enough, you got it." So he walks over and he picks out a blue. So you have officially accumulated 13 points, which is roughly, like, maybe a slightly bigger than medium prize. Ah, solid. So looking over the the prizes, like I said, I mean, it's kind of like, so your ones are going to be things like marbles and uh, little plastic ninjas. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But, you know, kind of along those same same lines, like maybe a little small treat. Uh, There's, like, they have uh, frozen... uh, spicy dragon fruit chunks <laughs> so that's kind of like i said the the whole spicy dragon fruit thing is kind of their specialty so obviously they have those kind of at the lower end of the prizes um moving up into your medium prizes you have like kind of regular size stuffed animals maybe some like um like masks okay. uh, you know small like hats or costume pieces you know just like little things though and then of course at the top you have your giant stuffed animals you have like uh, very like ornate pieces of like pottery or clay pieces or you also see that he has like very detailed versions of some of the figures that you actually just shot at with the clay so like when he does you know his stuff and some of them um, on the like absolute highest tier so like your 25 points they're actually like he's painted them personally um, so those are kind of like the super rare things um, so sees on the low end of the prizes, like a, a small bag of stone marbles or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, those are probably, like, I'd say if it's a, a small bag of marbles, probably, like, maybe five or six points. Oh. So he'll get that and be like, ha, these are pretty neat. Uh, there's our callback to, uh, yep. <laughs> and he'll, he'll put that uh, bag away in his, his pocket. 
Can you um, even call that a callback? That's like a foreshadow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the term is for that. Okay. Um, and then he's going to look at like the masks, because he's probably yeah. got maybe enough for a medium price Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Somewhere in there, yeah. Um, and he's going to pick out uh, this rainbow fish mask, oh. since Maribel wanted me to hit the rainbow fish That's earlier. True. Okay. And um, it's like, here, Maribel, this would look great on you. <laughs> of course, anything would. Aw, Guo, you shouldn't have. You're so sweet. Uh, so yeah, I'll give that awesome. to her. All right, perfect. And with that, uh, you and Maribel have just had uh, a good, you know, 10, 15 minute break playing one of the games at uh, the carnival that normally you guys wouldn't get a chance to play. So you've had a little bit of fun. Before. Thanks for convincing me to sneak off, Maribel. Well, thanks for having some fun with me. It's no fun watching everyone else have a good time playing the games and watching the shows we put on and not getting to enjoy them ourselves. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Well, I better get back to the kissing booth. Walter's lips are probably chapped having to run things by himself at this point. Nah, I'm sure the customers are just waiting for you to come back. You're a much better kisser than Walter. Oh yeah? You think so? 100%. Well then, here's an extra special thank you for me then. Mwah. Oh, well. <gasps> Quick, hide, over here. What is it? It's Jane, see? Oh, crap, I'm supposed to be feeding the hog monkeys. I know, why do you think I told you to hide? You don't want to be caught slacking off. It looks like he's with someone. I've never seen that guy before. That's a pirate. What? I've seen their type before. Trust me. Wow, a real-life pirate. Don't get the wrong idea, Guo. I know some people like to glorify pirates, but the reality is that they're bloodthirsty monsters who will do anything and everything for a little gold. You don't want to get mixed up with them. Got it. Looks like they're headed to Chang's tent. I'm gonna get up close to the tent and see if I can hear what they're saying. What? Don't do that. What if they catch you? Don't worry, Maribel. I'm pretty sneaky, you know. Just be careful, Guo. <laughs> oh, you know I will. Where is it? I want to see it. Ah, ah, ah. You know how this works. Payment first. Not until I see it. Fine. See for yourself. Oh, it's... Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Now give me the information. Fine. I have it on good authority that there's a passenger ship leaving Fire Fountain City, carrying a number of high-tier valuables. How good of authority? A production worker from the factory mentioned it. So I went down to the docks and saw them loading a bunch of stuff onto a passenger ship. So I asked myself, why the heck would they put anything other than passengers on a passenger ship, right? That is quite strange. Exactly! So I went down to one of the pubs at the docks and got into a chat with one of the crew. He was pretty drunk by that point and spilled a lot of the details. Did he say what they were loading in? Well, not exactly, no. Mm. I ought to take that missing information out of your payment. Wait, no, please. Tell you what, I'll give you the antique piece of junk as we agreed. But if I find out there ain't nothing worth my time on that ship, I'll be showing up to your carnival next week and taking back what I'm owed. Oh, understood. I assure you, the info is good. Don't you worry. It better be. By the way, what do you want that old scepter for anyways? Oh, uh, it's just a collector's item. I'm a big fan of the creator is all. Well, thank the spirits for collectors like you. You people make up the majority of my business. Ha <laughs> <laughs> stupid pirate. You have no idea the type of power this scepter holds inside of it. I wonder what is so special about that scepter. Boy! What are you doing outside of my tent? 
I thought I told you to go take care of the camelphant cage. Oh, uh, well, I, uh, I finished, sir. Then why ain't you feeding the hog monkeys? Oh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, on it, sir. I swear, if it weren't for me, this carnival would fall apart thanks to lazy good-for-nothings like you. <sighs> so then the pirate guy says, Hey, your intel better be good or I'll come back here and slice you limb from limb before throwing you into the sea for the squid sharks to eat ya. And then the pirate gave him some sort of scepter that Chang said was special. I mean, I wonder what's so special about it. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys weren't there, so how would you know anyway? <laughs> well, it looks like the carnival is wrapping up. You'll have a good night's sleep. Better get yourselves ready to entertain more people tomorrow. I know, life sucks when you're stuck inside a cage. Trust me, I'm just as trapped as you guys are. Chang says he has a paper of ownership that applies until I turn 18. If I try to run away, he'll send bounty hunters after me. He likes to remind me of that. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, my boy. Huh? Oh, uh, sorry to startle you. <laughs> my name is Okuran. Well, <laughs> I suppose people call me Mr. Okuran, but I'm not big on formalities. Well, it's... Nice to meet you, Mr. Okran. My name's Guo. What, uh, what brings you to the hog monkey cages? Oh, well, uh, I actually just finished making a deal with your carnival owner for some exotic fruits he brought from one of your previous ventures to the Western Air Temple. Oh, gotcha. Did you trade him a scepter as well? Um, I'm sorry? Oh, my bad. It's just that earlier tonight, some pirate guy met with Chang and traded him a scepter for some information about a passenger ship leaving Fountain City. Mm, that is concerning. Especially since I'm headed to Fountain City in the morning to grab some ingredients, and I'll be taking a passenger ship back to the Earth Kingdom afterwards. Oh. Oh, but I'm sure that can't be the same ship. <laughs> Uh, well, I better get back to the chores. Gotta finish so I can get some sleep and, you know, do it all again tomorrow. Oh, well, of course. I uh, Sorry I bothered you. Uh, say, uh, whoa. Oh, yeah? Everyone deserves their freedom. I hope that someday you're able to get yours. You seem like a good kid. And once you've left here, I'm opening a tea shop in Gaoling, so if it's something you're interested in... I'll always have a spot for you there. You just met me, and you're offering me a job? Well, I've been told I have an eye for picking out the good from the bad when it comes to people. I apologize if I'm being too forward, but I've always had a passion for helping out lost souls in need. You seem like a good kid. I know you'll be able to escape this cage this carnival has put you in. And once you do, just know you're not alone. And you have a home that will happily welcome you. Wow, that, uh, that's very generous of you. But I doubt I'll ever get out of here. Don't give up so easy. You'll find a way to free yourself from your shackles. I guess I'll just see what happens. Anyways. Oh, yes, uh, <laughs> sorry, I understand. Uh, finishing your chores. I hope to see you someday soon, Guo. Uh, have a nice night. <laughs> what a strange old man. Hey, Maribel. Sheesh, it's a busy day today. What's up with that? I'm not totally sure. I think I heard someone say that there's some sort of special holiday or something. It's the harvest moon. It marks the beginning of the crop harvesting season. Oh, Kalik. I didn't see you there. So, a harvest festival, eh? Sounds pretty cool. What are you doing over here? Aren't you running the custard catapult game? It's been so busy I ran out of prizes. I think there are more back here somewhere. Ah, here they are. So how do they know to celebrate? Who decides when the crops are ready? It's the moon spirit. Tonight will be a full moon. Good for a waterbender like myself. Ooh, a full moon. That sounds pretty solid. Yeah, that would be beautiful. It is also a warning. A warning? It is said that when there is a full moon, the gates of the spirit world are open. Spirits may walk among the living. So be on the lookout tonight. I thought the spirits were good, though. Well, sure. 
Many are good, but there are evil spirits as well. Ones that want to do us harm. You sure do know a lot about the spirit world, Cleek. Well, we from the Water Tribe have always been very close with the spirit world. I know firsthand how dangerous they can be. Well, Guo and I will definitely keep our eyes out for any evil spirits tonight. And your other senses, too. Some spirits cannot be seen, but they can be heard or felt or even tasted. <laughs> what do you think a spirit tastes like? <laughs> <laughs> the world of spirits should not be taken lightly. Just last night, during my meditation, I could sense an evil right here in the carnival camp. Something dark is brewing. I fear what the night will bring. What do you think that was all about? I'm not so sure. Kleek has always been kind of a strange guy. You've got that right. Whoa! Where are you? I told you to have more custard pies ready an hour ago. Oh, jeez. I better go. See you later tonight. Phew. I am absolutely exhausted. To think a holiday would bring the whole crack in town out here. Uh, uh sir, uh, those are actually for employees only. You're not supposed to... <coughs> what? What's wrong with your face? <coughs> well, stay, stay away from me. Stay away, get back. Get back! Ah! Whoa, whoa, are you okay? You look like you've seen a ghost or something. I'm I'm not sure. Maybe I have, or maybe it was one of those evil spirits Kalik was talking about earlier. <laughs> whoa, you're not supposed to let Kalik's stories get to you. Or are you just trying to scare me? I'm not kidding around, Maribel. I saw someone over there, but his face was all messed up, like some kind of dead guy came back to life. Ew, that's really gross, Guo. Not funny. <sighs> I'm not trying to be funny. I... <laughs> hey there, buddy. I think you've had way too much to drink. <laughs> you need to go... Dead? But... But you've been dead for two years. How can you... <laughs> Oh my gosh, you were right. Come on, we've got to get out of here. I've got to check on Walter. He's back in his tent taking a break. Are you sure that's a good idea? I'm not going to leave him there to unknowingly get attacked by whatever those things are. Uh, okay, well, meet me at the head tent in ten minutes, okay? Got it. Dave, Guohan has just discovered these strange monsters have taken over their carnival. And uh, they seem intent on attacking the people there. Uh, you just promised Maribel that you would meet her at the main tent in like 10-ish minutes. And uh, you watched her rush off to go save her kissing booth partner. Uh, not like that kind of partner, but just like co-worker. <laughs> um, who's over in his tent taking his, his break from kissing people for money. And you find yourself standing there amongst a massive just panicking crowd of people who are running this way and that way throughout the carnival knocking things over uh pushing through tents going into tents rushing out of tents in fear as something follows them from behind uh what are you doing oh my goodness this is madness madness this is spot no okay sorry um what would Guo do wwgd Get your WWGD bracelets today. Could be WWGHD. Guo Han. Could be. Of course, Han is last name. All right, so Guo's, he's thinking, he's got to meet up with Maribel at, at the main tent, the head tent. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to get out of here. They're going to need a, probably something to get through this crowd. Sure. This madness. Okay. So he's gonna go back to the the camel font cage. Okay. Okay. The camel font pen, um, and try to get a ride. Okay. 
All right, so you rush back over to uh, the well. Some something you know the path to, no matter what, because of how many times you've had to clean it <laughs> and feed the camel fence. You rush over to the camel fence tent, and there it is. Uh, it definitely looks a bit spooked. It seems to be a little bit f- uh, fearful of the situation at hand with people running by screaming. You know, it's not used to this kind of noise. Noise for sure with the carnival sounds and everything, but not this kind of noise. Um, and it definitely looks very skittish. Oh, he, hey, easy there, Peanut. Calm down. Um, I, I got something for you. And he, like, go to the nearest trash can and pick out, like, some popcorn or something. <laughs> okay. There, I mean, there's plenty of that. I mean, you wouldn't even have to go to the trash can. Somebody probably dropped their, <laughs> their bag of fruity popcorn or whatever. Ooh, fire flakes. <laughs> Somebody dropped their bag of fire flakes on the ground. So I'm going to try to get get Peanut's attention with this carton of popcorn. Okay. Um, and draw its focus away from all the chaos going on around it. Sure. Let me have you... Um, oh, interesting. Okay. I was about to have you rely on your skills and training, but I think it'd be more appropriate to do a comfort and support. Comfort or support. So it says when you comfort or support another... Well, it says person, but in this case, it's an animal. <laughs> You're going to roll with harmony, and uh, if you hit, they must decide if they open up to you. Okay. Easy, girl. I got a nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a hit. Um, it will decide to open up to you. You are a friend that it knows well. You've fed it. You've cleaned up after it. You've spent time with it, so it is definitely... Uh, honestly glad that you are there and you can tell it is it is very scared but it's glad to know that you're there so it it instantly comes rushing up to the fence over by where you are and and nuzzles you a little bit and uh, eats a little bit of the popcorn and seems seems to be a little bit calmer now that you've you've come a familiar face is there to kind of calm it down okay all right so Gohan's gonna need to get uh, peanuts like what do they call it a palaquin or something like the platform that goes on top of it so you can ride on top oh okay yeah i know what you're talking about it's like kind of like a saddle but it's more of just like a box platform okay okay uh you know that it is kept i mean in the uh, tent pretty close by to the the stall all right it's gonna be hard getting this on you by myself but I'll see what I can do. Might have to use a little <laughs> earth bending. Something we've never seen before. Yeah, so Quo's gonna lead Peanut over here and he's gonna basically just he's gonna position the saddle on the ground and then make some pillars coming up so it'll be basically like an improvised carport for this oh, elephant. Okay. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. So two columns come up holding uh the sides of this this platform piece and then you're just gonna like walk the camel fin under it right to and then lower it down on top uh again because it it knows you it trusts you it doesn't seem to be bothered by this at all it allows you to do your thing to uh get it taken care of um but as you are strapping it in uh a sound comes from behind the tent and seems to be making its way towards you and it sounds like and you turn to see that one of those horrific creatures that you ran into earlier is walking towards you with its arms outstretched in sort of a limp fashion and it moans as it continues to move towards you how sweet custard (laughs) where'd you come from what does this thing look like? It is, I mean, it's human being, but it is just grossly uh, wadded. And one of its eyes seems to be popped out of its socket, just kind of hanging there real grossly. It, the, the thing that does intrigue you is that it's not oozing blood anywhere. Um, it just looks like it's goopy. Like it's, like I said, molding or rotting for some time. Decomposed, you might say. Oh, you stink. (laughs) 
Hey there. Carnival's closed, bud. No after-hours visits. It continues to move towards you as if it hadn't heard you. I'm gonna grab uh, the broom, the poop broom off of the wall. <laughs> I'm just like, stay back. <laughs> I know where this has been, and trust me, you don't want to come any closer. Do uh, do an intimidate, okay. which is with passion. <clears throat> With passion, I get a 10. Oh, okay. So on a 10 plus, uh, you have to, you pick one of the options and they are not allowed to choose it. So the options are they run to escape to get back up. Um, they back down but keep watch. They give in with a few stipulations or they attack you but off balance. And I mark a condition on them. Okay, I don't want him to get back up. Okay, that's that is a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, well, with that being said, he is going to attack you, but off balance. Um, you use the broom as you intimidate him. He keeps moving closer. You start poking at him, and it actually trips him up. I'm going to, as strange as this might sound, I'm going to mark this zombie as afraid. Uh, you've <laughs> just knocked him down, and he was not expecting that. And now he is very confused, or it rather is very confused. Also, I already just threw the term zombie out there. I broke the first rule of zombies, which is you never call <laughs> yeah. them zombies. You call them walkers or the undead or uh, I don't know what else have they used out there. Rotters. Whatever the case, it is now afraid, which gives it a minus two to um, intimidate and call someone out. Correct. Which in this case, intimidate is kind of the key thing. You've you've knocked it over. You've seen how kind of, I don't want to say fragile per se, but how kind of uncoordinated they are. So to you, they're a little bit less scary um, to an extent. Uh, it is starting to pick itself up off the ground. What are you going to do? I'm going to take... I'm going to grab one of the buckets uh, also on the side of this pen and see, like, take this, you smelly lout. I'm going to dunk it over his head. Okay. Pull the old Skyrim chop keep. Oh, the, the bucket on the head. <laughs> Sneakeroo. All right, perfect. I'm going to say that this is an exchange at this point. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to switch over to my combat moves. So I would say I would put that under evade and observe. And I would call that a bolster or hinder. And in this case, hinder. He is going to be doing defend and maneuver. He is simply going to be seizing a position, which is picking himself off the ground. So as he picks himself up off the ground, you're going to roll uh, with creativity or harmony. And we'll see if you're able to hinder him with a bucket on his head. To create. Nice. Ooh, I only got a four. Four total. So you go to put this bucket over his head, and he's able to kind of just dodge out of the way, and the bucket falls onto the ground. And now it's kind of close by him, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to reach past him to try to grab it, because he's right there, and he's kind of gross <laughs> and spooky. So, ah, I got it on my hands. <laughs> gross. So, stay back. Uh, <laughs> Uh, do you want to continue with the uh, exchange? Maybe try another move on the list? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to lead him underneath the uh, the saddle that's still suspended. Okay. Um, and away from the camel font. Okay. Okay. Um, I would call that... I mean, I would say seize a position. Probably be the best bet here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he'll be doing defend and maneuver. Uh, he is going to be doing an evade and observe, and he is going to also be doing a bolster hinder to basically just try to grab you. Um, so you'll get to roll first. Focus. I got a 10. Or no, a 12. Oh my gosh, wow. You have a list of things that you can do, uh, including choosing two different options, uh, basic or master techniques, or using a practice technique, or marking one fatigue to use a learned technique. I'm gonna do one of my learned techniques. Okay. Um, Call Pinpoint Aim. Okay. Tell me a little bit about Pinpoint Aim. So, Pinpoint Aim is says take the time you need to line up a perfect shot. Become prepared in the next exchange. If you advance an attack, roll with focus or passion, 
If you choose strike, you do not have to mark fatigue to choose what you inflict. Oh, okay, okay. So in this case, uh, the idea is that he's going to go underneath this thing and yes. I'm going to drop it on him. Okay, sounds good. All right, so you use that time, you use your, your technique to get under the camel fin in the right spot and really set things up for your favor. Uh, the zombie was going to use bolster or hinder, but you got away. And so it is unable to impede you, but it does follow after you. So it's moving your way and whatever you'd like to, to do next. So I'm going to just be like, hey, buddy, what's up? And then I'm going to lower my pillars and drop the thing on. All right, sounds good. Uh, I won't make a roll for it because, I mean, you've lifted the pillars as it is. Uh, so these these come crashing down. I mean, all things considered, it kind of would fall under um, a smash, I suppose. I mean, it would, yeah, be advance and attack. Yeah. Okay, so I'll have you roll with that just to, since it is technically one of those, I guess. Okay. Yeah, so I can roll with focus our passion. I have plus one to both. Awesome. And then since I'm prepared, I also get yes another, a plus one. Do they stack? Yeah, I think All so. Right. Yeah. I got a thirteen. Holy cow! Yeah, I did get a thirteen. You got a thirteen. <laughs> nice. Okay. So again, there's that list of all the different things that you can do with getting a ten plus. Mark one fatigue to use a learn technique. Use one practice technique. Use two basic or mastered techniques. Uh, I'm gonna strike them. Strike? Yeah. Like physically, or you're just gonna do the the thing you had talked about? I do the thing. I okay. Okay. About. Sounds and good. Then, so. So I can use that's a basic move. Yes. Yep. Basic. So technique. technically, you could use two. Right. And then as part of my pinpoint aim, I don't have to mark fatigue right. to choose what I inflict. So. Correct. You're gonna do like strike twice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, actually, no. Uh, yeah, mark two fatigue and okay. then uh, trap them. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay, I was kind of hoping you would. All right, so you are doing two strikes. Um, describe to me what two strikes are, since one is like dropping the thing on him. Is that uh, a second so, thing? Well, I mean, it's the thing hitting its head and then it hitting the floor. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. All right. So not only does this platform piece come falling down onto this this undead creature, uh, it knocks it, flattening it up against the ground, holding it down, holding it trapped. It is uh, obviously exhausted. It tries to get up. It cannot lift this platform that's on top of it. So it is basically completely disabled at this point on the ground, struggling underneath the weight of this sort of platform saddle type deal. A solid hit by Guo. Did you see that, Peanut? Did you see that? Oh, well now your saddle's all... Wow, great. <laughs> How do you feel about going bareback, Peanut? Alright, uh, maybe I can find some rope or something. Uh, so I'm gonna look around and find It does have, like, some on its, uh, like a, like a muzzle almost, in a okay. sense. Not some covering sort its of mouth, like but, you know, just like a rein, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess this will have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna climb up. Um. It's a little uncomfortable, but you're able to do it. You've had many years of experience riding animals at the zoo. Uh, usually a lot of people put you in charge of kind of getting them ready. Yes. All right, girl. Let's go find those kissing fools. <laughs> awesome. So where are you riding off to? I think I'm just going to head towards the kissing booth. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Um, you start heading over towards the kissing booth, and uh, things are starting to die down a little bit, but you can definitely still hear you know, some various screams and shouts of terror throughout the carnival, kind of more on the outskirts. You know, you're kind of a little bit more towards the center of the carnival ground. And you make it to the kissing booth and uh, there's not too many people around, uh, but what you do see is Kalik himself is, uh, he looks like he's hiding behind the kissing booth and he sees you coming and he says, Go. What are you doing on the camel fant? I'm getting out of here, Kalik. Have you seen all these dark spirits that are around? They seem to be quite dangerous. Yeah, you've seen them too. That's why I'm hitting the road. Something is very wrong. Very wrong indeed. Gotta get out of this mess. Get out where it's clear. Yes, okay. Do you mind if I ride along? Yeah, 
Yeah, come on up. Many thanks. He hustles up. He's not quite as practiced as you are getting onto the ammo, but he manages to get up eventually. Kalik, Kalik, have you seen Mirabelle or Walter? Unfortunately, I have not. Not since we were discussing things at the kissing booth earlier. Ah, oh, no. Well, maybe she headed to the head tent anyways. Yes, and we should check on Chang while we're there. Something tells me that he has something to do with all this. Hmm, you know, you could be right. And uh, as you guys ride, uh, it, it doesn't take you too long. It's, I mean, it's not like a hugely sprawled out carnival area. Uh, but eventually you do get to the main tent, standing out front, holding a scepter, which now kind of has a light glow around the sort of ball of it on the end, um, is Chang himself. And he seems to be almost beaming with happiness at the moment. And he says, Ah, yes, my boy Guohan and my main man Kalik. Two strong hands to help me with the next step of the plan. Oh, and it looks like you brought a pack animal too. How perfect. Chang. Yeah? What on earth are you doing? What are you talking about, boy? And what's the deal with that staff anyways? What, this old thing? <laughs> Well, that shouldn't really matter to you right now. What does matter is that you and Kalik take that big beastie into town and start loading it up with all the money, goods, and valuables you can find. I'm talking jewels, gold, family heirlooms, whatever you can find. Once we've got everything loaded up, we can take it over to the next town with us and sell it all off. We're gonna be rich! What? I can't believe what I'm hearing right now. What? The people here are terrified! Running around, hiding, now is the perfect time for the looting to begin! Chang, do you have anything to do with what's going on here? Like I said, you don't need to be asking any questions. All you need to do is exactly what I tell you to do. Or do I need to get the paperwork out and remind you who owns you? And uh, Kalik leans forward and he says, Goo, that staff in his hand! It seems to be glowing with some kind of spirit energy. I think that... No, it can't be. What is it, Kalik? I think Chang is using that staff to control these evil spirits. Is that what's going on? Oh, it's worse than I thought. Kalik shouts out to Chang. He says, Chang, I don't know what kind of evil spirit magic you are working with, but I think you are out of your league, and I think you need to get rid of that staff. And Chang says, What? Get rid of the staff? Heck no! I had to trade some valuable information to some dangerous men for this staff, and now it's all I've got! But boy, is it something! <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you one more time. Take that camelphant into town and start looting up. If you don't, well, Kalik, I'm going to have to fire you! And Kalik says, Chang, I don't know what you think you're doing or why, but the power of the spirits was not meant to be possessed by human hands. You need to get rid of that staff immediately. And he climbs down from the camelphant, and as he does, Chang raises the staff, and some of the uh, undead in the area start to kind of start moving towards you and congregating around Kalik, and he says, Kalik, I'm going to give you one last chance. Join me, do as I say, or face the consequences. And Kalik starts kind of turning around, very fearful, looking in every direction, not sure what to do as these things are starting to surround him. You've gone too far this time, Chang. I don't give a dang about your paperwork. I'm not your dog. Kalik's one of my few friends here in this miserable place. One of the few bright spots in my monotonous day of chores and dung and mushy fruit that sometimes stinks. Where do you get that stuff anyways? From the same shady characters that gave me this staff. Maybe you and Kalik need a bit of a rundown on what this staff is all about to properly motivate you to follow orders. See, this staff was created by a very special blacksmith living in the North Pole. He hunted down and trapped a grave spirit there and fused it with this staff. 
Without that spirit of the grave to guide lost souls to the afterlife, those who died in the area were trapped right along with it. And now, I control all those souls who are able to possess the bodies of the deceased, and they do whatever I say. If I say, attack someone, they do it. If I say, take things, they take them. Heck, if I were to tell them to eat someone, they do that too. Uh, where is Kalik at? Is he still on the elephant? Or he the is, camel font? He is he? just below. He got off, and he's standing, like, just on the ground right next to the camel fin as the these undead creatures are kind of starting to move in. Yet another creature in a cage to add to your menagerie. <laughs> well, that's what the carnival is all about, isn't it, Guo? Creatures in cages performing for the paying audience to see. Well, that's one ticket I won't be buying. <laughs> oh, yeah? And what are you going to do about it? Suck stones, Chang! <laughs> and I pull out my pouch of pebbles from <laughs> my back. Yep, yep. No, that, that totally checks out. Okay. So, yeah, you have this pocket full of pebbles. What are you doing with these pebbles? I'm going to try to shoot one at Chang's fingers to get him to drop this staff, okay. this scepter. Let's, because you have this bag of pebbles from the game in the first place, that would suggest to me that you have involved yourself in either running the game or at the very least helping with it a few times or two. So I'm going to call this rely on your skills and training. So Guo is, he's envisioning. <laughs> yes. So because... That weak spot. Yeah, I would definitely say that because you have a lot of training with this, I'd say you definitely have a plus one sort of a preparation in a sense of, of doing this little maneuver here as you shoot this rock towards his fingers. As you're about to shoot this pebble, Maribel and Walter come running out towards the main tent, which is where you told them to meet them. Guo, I... What's going on? And for a moment... Chang is distracted by the fact that these two figures, you were kind of expecting it because, you know, they had to get here eventually. But Chang is a little bit distracted having seen two more employees and having a lot to focus on at the moment. So he's a little distracted. So I'd say you have a plus one on top of it. <laughs> Roll with focus. I got a seven. You got a seven. You do it imperfectly. The GM tells you how your approach might lead to unexpected consequences accept those consequences or mark one fatigue. So the consequences of you missing could cause you to hit Chang himself. And that won't be enough to knock like outside of his hand, but in a way that doesn't knock the staff out of his hand. And that might make his anger and attention turn towards you instead. So right now he's kind of focused on taking down Kalik. Yeah, uh, that sounds good. Okay, okay, sounds good. So you fire this little pebble out of your, your fingers, kind of like a kid playing marble. You just, right, you know, between your thumb and index finger. And it goes flying forward, and you're hoping that you can hit his hand to knock the staff out of his hand. But instead, you hit him smack dab in the chin. Ah, boy! I'm going to have to teach you a lesson! And he, he moves his staff and he points it over at you and all the, the zombie creatures start to move towards the camel fin with you riding on top of it. And as this happens, that's when Maribel, she shouts, Guo, what's going on? Ah, Walter, Maribel, perfect timing. I've got bags in the tent. Grab them and start looting the town while I take care of these two troublemakers. What? Looting? What are you talking about? What's going on? And what about all these monsters attacking everyone? And then she sees that the monsters are all kind of standing around. And then she sees, you know, Chang pointing the, the staff towards you and everything starts to kind of click in her head as she sees that the, the zombies are moving towards you, the staff is pointed at you. He just talked about teaching you and Kalika a lesson. And she realizes that he's obviously the one that's in control of these creatures. Look out, Maribel. Chang's totally lost it. Okay. She's going to rush towards Chang in hopes of, I don't know, tackling him or something along those lines. And he takes a swing at her and he hits her in the head with his, his big old scepter and it knocks her to the ground and she just lays there. Maribel, no! You dirty, rotten hog monkey. I didn't want to have to hurt your friend, Guo. 
but I'm going to have to continue hurting them until you do as I say. So what is it going to be, boy? That's what I'm going to be like. So from my experience working with this camel font, it's got one of its moves in the show is this like fancy dismount. Okay. So I'm going to be like, peanut, dismount. Okay. And it's, I'm gonna like slide down the trunk. Or oh, okay, there. okay, sure. Uh, yeah, go for uh, another rely on your skills and training. You're really, really doing a lot that fits Glove's character. Things that he would do at the at the carnival. We'll see. Ooh, that's gonna be a six. A six. And then this would be another thing that I would give you a plus one on just because, like I said, you've done it a lot. You've worked with this animal a lot. So you'd hit the set. The the possibility of failure involves uh, not landing quite the way that you wanted to. Uh, <clears throat> you might crash into a zombie. You might uh, fall flat on your face. Something along those lines. Um, I'm just going to take an exhaustion. Okay. Take Do maximum effort. All right, sounds good. You take the fatigue and then describe to me what it is that you are jumping off this camel fin and doing in such a fancy way. So I'm gonna, gonna try to like fly directly at Chang. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. You go flying towards Chang and you crash into the man and both of you hit the ground and this the scepter rolls out of his hand. Both of you kind of do that thing where you both look up and you see the scepter laying there and you both start scrambling for it. Yeah. I mean, I assume you scramble. For yeah. It. Okay. Ah. Uh. Gotta get the scepter. Uh, but as you're scrambling, one or uh, Kalik leaps forward and grabs Chang's foot and he is basically helping, which is going to give you that plus one. He's going to mark a fatigue in order to do that. Uh, but he, he's able to help a companion. He Chang tries to pull away from his grasp, and he manages to, but it gives you a little bit of initiative, but you really gotta scramble for it, and it causes you to kind of like strain yourself in a way that kind of causes some pain. Um, so that's why it causes an, uh, a fatigue in order to uh, grab it. But now you've got it, you've got it in your hand, but Chang is still crawling towards you. All right, I'm gonna try to, uh, so he's, we're both on the ground crawling. I'm trying to scramble up. Um, disengage and like get my legs clear. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, just trying to get up. Okay. No way. Uh, all right, you're you're able to do that with the with the like I said with the help with Kalik and everything. Um, you're able to scramble your way up onto your feet. You're standing above Chang with the scepter. Huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now let's not do anything hasty here. You give me back the scepter and I. Uh... I'll give you 30% of what we loot from the town. How about that? Uh, so what does this scepter look like? So it is a, like a wood stick staff. It's a nice sturdy, like stick. And it's kind of scraggly along the way as it comes up. And then it has like almost a roots as if it was like a, a sapling that got ripped out of the ground. And the roots are kind of curled around the scepter uh, sphere at the end. Uh, which is a uh, green color. And as you hold it, you can kind of feel this very like um, powerful spirit energy sort of uh, pulsing. You can feel it kind of almost come all the way to your wrist, almost a refreshing feeling, um, but with a hint of like sting to it, just a hint of sting to it. Um, so I, I gaze at this staff. I'm like, all right, spirit time to set you free. I'm gonna try to plant the staff into the ground. Oh. Uh, using earth bending. Okay. And then I'm gonna attempt to do like a, like kind of spin with both arms. So the staff is planted and I'm gonna like spin around with both arms and like do kind of like a 360 with my arms coming up. Okay. At 45 degrees to bring a chunk of earth like out of the ground oh okay okay kind of like uh like how people do what is it the hammer, hammer throw. throw yeah so it's kind of like the hammer throw and you're about to smash it into the stone at the end of the scepter yeah i'm trying to like plant the scepter so it's like half into the ground okay and then just like shear off the top half with this okay rock strike perfect awesome you spin you spin and then when you hear Chang scream, no! 
shatter the top half of this um, the stone on the middle of the scepter, and you watch as the glowing energy that was inside of it sort of forms into a shape. Uh, it turns darker. It goes from like that bright glowing green to a deeper green, deeper to the point where it turns into a black. And before you, you see um, a large black cat, but it has crow, uh, its paws like kind of outstretched. And you see that it has feathery crow-like wings um, that kind of connect its arm to its body. And then you notice that the tail that's sort of uh, moving back and forth isn't just like a regular tail, it's actually a snake with the very end of the tail being the head of the snake. And the spirit uh, looks you in the eye and it says, thank you for releasing me. And it turns to Chang and it says, although I am unable to do anything in this form to humans, know that my words will be taken to the utmost of authority and you can expect an unpleasant place inside of Deku when you pass. And as it says that, it flies away. And Chang is just, his face, his jaw is just dropped as he stares. Something inside of him just seems in full doom and despair mode and he just has no words to speak as he watches this creature fly away. And as Guo watches it fly away, he's like, just kind of talking to himself. Okay. Uh, I mean, he's just like, you're free spirit. <laughs> free to go home to the place where you belong. Kalik steps up beside you and he says, You've done very well, Goo. Who knows how long that poor spirit was trapped inside that cage, unable to continue its purpose in life. Thanks for your help, Kalik. Of course. I couldn't have done it without you. No need to thank me, Goo. Your good intentions and clever skills stopped Chang and his evil intentions. Maribel, Walt, are you okay? And, uh, Maribel, you notice that Maribel's not actually lying there anymore. She uh, she actually comes from inside of the main tent. Oh. She walks up to you, and she hands you some papers, and she says, I'm okay, Guo. I, I snuck into Chang's tent while he was distracted and got these. And you look at these papers, and they are uh, sale receipts, essentially, for the purchase of you when you were but a child. The papers. Don't touch those! Those are mine! Give them back to me! Well, it's got my name on it. <laughs> and uh, Kalik, Kalik kind of steps in front of you to keep him from, uh, from getting any closer. And he says, You, you have held ownership over this boy. How dare you, you filthy slaver! Sign the papers over to the boy immediately. <laughs> and why should I do that? That grave spirit said it would ensure you a dark place in the deepest parts of Deku. But as someone who speaks with the spirits often, perhaps I can quell its anger and restore your fate after death to that of the rest of us. Or perhaps I could speak with other spirits who can corroborate your evil deeds tonight and talk the fates into sending you even deeper into hell to atone for your sins. No, 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 wait a second. Let's work out a deal, all right? Um, okay. How's this? Guo can have weekends off. That's a fair deal. Okay, okay, okay. He only has to work weekends. <laughs> fine, fine. What's one kid? Give me the paperwork. I'll sign it. I can't believe this is happening. And I don't know, I'm just like in a rush over, like with my arm on like Maribel and the other one on like Walt, <laughs> as I like come up to just get a better view of him actually signing these papers. All right. Here, just, just take it. And you can get out of here. I don't want you at my carnival anymore. Yippee! <laughs> Do a, an Anakin Skywalker yippee as I raise these papers into the air. And uh, actually, I throw them into the air. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh wait, I need those. Shoot. And uh, you know, the, your friends help you pick all up all the papers and get them back back to you. And, and Maribel kind of looks at you a little bit sad, and uh, she says, "So, whoa." 
Where will you go now? Well, I think I'm gonna see a man about some tea. With that, we will end the prequel for Guohan. Thank you so much for listening to our special Guohan prequel episode. Before you go, I want to take a moment to say an additional thank yous to all the cast that was involved with this episode, most of whom you can find on Casting Call Club and other websites so that you can hear more of their work and maybe even commission them for their incredible voice talents. All links will be in the description below. Cheng Sinani was voiced by FM Voice Acting. Kalik and Guohan's father were both voiced by Gantu Dubs. Guohan's mother was voiced by Late Night OJ, and Maribel was voiced by my wife, Emily Williams Gorsett. Of course, Guohan was voiced and played by David Masbergen, and all other voices were done by myself, Skylar. Don't forget to check back in two weeks for Brock Lee's combat-filled prequel episode. Here's a small hint on what to expect. If you're a fan of WWE or in the Avatarverse, the well-known Earth Rumble Stadium, then you're in for a special treat. Of course, don't forget to follow or subscribe to our podcast through whatever podcast site that you're using, such as iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and others. Additionally, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for the social media icons. Following us on social media gives you access to all news, announcements, and of course, new episodes as they are released. You can check out our website, bendersandbrews.com, which will feature all of our episodes as well as news, announcements, and even cool character and player profiles. It's a great hub of information for the Benders and Brews podcast. And finally, we would be truly humbled if you would be willing to take the time to leave us a review if your podcast site allows you to do so, such as on iTunes. Or in the case of YouTube, you can hit the like and subscribe button and drop us a comment. Tell us about what you thought about our podcast episodes. It sure would mean a lot to us. Avatar Legends is a tabletop role-playing game created by Magpie Games. Nickelodeon, Avatar, and all related titles, logos, and characters are trademarks of Viacom International Inc. All rights reserved. I also want to thank the following artists who you can find on Fiverr for their amazing creative work on this podcast. Character art was done by Alicio Papadraw. Background art by Kenichi. Music by Joe Tims 215 Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.